Hello and welcome back to the Unqualified Huddle. Hopefully you all had a wonderful Christmas, uh, enjoyed time with your family, friends, you know, had lots of food. We're very merry. We certainly have been. Uh, I am currently recording in a set, like, different area than I'm used to, so let's hope that this works fine. Boys, how are you both doing? Did you both have a nice Christmas? Lovely Christmas, Simon. Thank you for asking. All fed, all drunk, all merry, as they say. Um, and great watching uh, football on Saturday and Sunday. It's, it's a whole whole weekend of festivities around NFL, it felt like. Yeah, and, and uh, to be honest, this whole week, I feel like this is Christmas week. Like between now and New Year's, this is we're still in the, you know, Christmas spirit. So yeah, we're still yeah. enjoying it. But, but yeah. uh, you know, you know getting, out, getting our content out of there because we're committed to the cause. We, we are professional. If there's one word to describe us, it is professional. Um, do you know who's not professional? Mike McDaniels. Oh, and this mean, is that's, why. A, that's a straight up, straight <laughs> up, that's where we're going with this. To the Miami well, straight Dolphins. In. Straight in. I feel it's a, it's a really important point to talk about, to be honest, because I feel like we, we've already spoke about this. So obviously Miami played Green Bay Christmas Day. Um, it, this doubly hurts me because two was in my fantasy team. Um, I still won. I'm in the final. I like you too, <laughs> but you know. But two was in my fantasy team. Um, and in the first half, he had a nice first half. Second half, three interceptions, not playing well. Came out the day later. He was concussed in the game. Shouldn't have gone back in. Like, I mean, the, who, the question is, is my, my Daniel naive that he's not seeing what we're all seeing I on the screen? I is, doubt it. is there something wrong with the doctors in Miami and whoever's this independent guy? This is their second independent guy. They fired the first one, right? So yeah. this is the second one. They'll be pressured what? to fire this guy. Probably. Or is it is it players now need a whole tour and say in the huddle because one no no knows because no, players they're... protect players. We saw it with Play... um, what Devonte Parker got pulled by his own receiver and said no 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 no. Yeah Play... yeah, but he's not doing that to Tom Brady, is he? No, he's not. He's not. He's not calling out your starting quarterback. But someone like, no, right. like people who care about tour are mainly those guys around him in that no. huddle, no. and they know he's concussed twice. They got to no. think about him. The players yeah, they do. When the coaches it's, are letting they do. down, it's the not, it's are not for, them down. No, 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 no. That's ridiculous. It's not for another player who's got their own role to do on the team that's got to think about, hey, like if you're a lineman, you've got to think, I've got to block this defensive guy coming to me. It's not their responsibility to then turn around and make sure that Tua is okay. It's, that's not it. Don't you think it, it should be quite obvious to spot? This guy's well, concussed when he's like, well, yes, not even, 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 well, well, even the fans from uh, point out saw the video and was like, this guy's concussed. But it's so easy to point the finger at the players and Tua especially. We had this earlier on in the year that Tua, shouldn't, Tua should say he's not ready. But th these guys are playing for their livelihoods. There's yeah. so much pressure. Uh, you know, Tua has refreshingly talked about his confidence uh, this year, which I think this just gives fans and media another bullet to throw at him uh, because he's been open about that and these quarterbacks feel pressure and he wants to do the best he can for his team it's up to the coaches and the profe uh, NFL professionals to say this guy isn't right we need to do the right thing the, but going I, on about, I completely agree I going completely on about agree. that Mike McDaniel thing and the confidence aspect after, the, after his post-game press conference he mentioned to his snowboard in this game so he let his confidence slip and his snowboard. He didn't help the matter even with his press game, uh, post-press game but conversation. That... It sounded terrible. 
It wasn't a my, great delivery. It's a great play caller. He's a great guy, but is he a good head coach? My, my issue with Mike McDaniels in this situation, really, is that you can sort of see when two is playing that his play is getting worse. It's regressing. He's throwing these interceptions. And, you know, he might have got the okay by doctors and it might have been cleared. And maybe it's something that comes on after. I don't know. I don't know it all. But you can clearly see this guy isn't right. I don't he think they did the test. They didn't test him. Then if they didn't do the test, it's even worse. But all I'm saying is you can clearly see he's not right, right? And he's clearly hurting your team by not being able to compete at that same level. Therefore, he should think, hold on a second. This guy's not playing right. This isn't his new normal standard. We need to remove him, put in our backup, try and salvage this game still. And he's not yeah. making that move. He, even in the third quarter, you could tell. It, it, the picks weren't in the third quarter, but you could tell that the player dropped. You could tell Tua wasn't right. Like, even as a fan, we, as watching that, you can tell that something has gone on. But yeah. uh, with the two, it's easy just to just be like, oh, he's not franchise quarterback. He's, he's just going through his struggles. For, for me, this isn't, this isn't a finger-pointing situation at Tua. Because if he generally was injured after that play, he had a nice first half where he was healthy. So you can you look at that first half and say, well, this is the tour that we know that we that we get and we we see. This second half tour where he's concussed not well, you can't really put that in like his body of work for the season for me. He's had uh, five picks the whole year, and in this game he added three onto that tally. That's what I mean. It's 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 poor for trying to do that. With regards to Green Bay, though, in this game, I don't think they looked they like they stayed in the game. They looked okay. Like I don't even think they looked okay. Is the problem? They won the game. However, I don't think it was a good performance by them. Still, it's basically been their season all year, hasn't it? They've gutted out some wins. They've had some good breaks um, from the opposition. And in this uh, case, two are not being right. But like, it is what they're a team. You can see on offense that are young in most places with their receivers, and you can see there's a lot of things that just don't click for them. It's like watching the Buccaneers on offense in a, in a little way um, where nothing quite clicks, nothing is quite working, and you can't just finger point you know, one particular area. It, there's just a lack of um, smoothness in how they operate. Hey, maybe they could get Nathaniel Hackett back in because he's out in Denver. It, it, reminds me, it reminds me of the game against Dallas where Dallas had the game basically won against Green Bay. Um, picks here and there, and the Green Bay Packs are straight back into it. Uh, Green Bay didn't deserve to win this game. In the, in the playoffs, if they get there, they're obviously dangerous. They've got Rodgers, but he's not, he's not looking like he once was. Um, Christian Watson is still a rookie. Rumi Dobbs is still a rookie. Their run game, they can't get anything going. And this Green Bay team, there's something not right here. Um, I'm not expecting the bounce back. Maybe, I don't know if Rodgers will be back next year, um, but no, I... The team just doesn't look right. No, and I think it is it is a disappointing season by them. Even though they've lost the receivers and stuff, they it's still an Aaron Rodgers led team. You you'd expect a guy that got MVPs the last few years to be able to still bring a, a better level of football to that offense, be able to elevate the players around him. He's just not been able to do that. But let's move on and talk about that Nathaniel Hackett firing uh, after that Christmas Day thumping by. The Baker Mayfield led LA Rams. 50 I mean, points. he had to go. He had to 50 go. Fifty points. To this, and it's not a big. I mean, let's 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 say what it is. The LA Rams aren't a great team. 
They had a good game. They're not a great oh, team. A great team. They're missing their top tier players. Their, their best players don't play anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, the, yeah. They're missing their best on, receiver on both sides back. of the ball. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's outrageous to me that this is it's fourteen. They scored fourteen points and conceded fifty one. It's outrageous. Sorry. And Russell Wilson, that guy needs to look in the mirror. Maybe he should retire because he got his coach fired in this situation. Let's say Nathaniel mm. Hackett was out of his depth. He wasn't a head coach. He was he should never have been put in that position. Because um, they tried hard for Rodgers and it failed. It was it was always looking like a failure. Um, but Russell Wilson is not doing a good job. He can't grasp the offense. He's not looking at his reads. You saw the picture where he's looking down the field and there's camera angle of his receiver, number 14, Cortland Sutton stomping, calling for the ball, and he doesn't even look his way. I mean, Cortland Sutton wasn't, wasn't you know, miles free, he, like... Yeah, he yeah, wasn't but, wide open. Let's not, let's not claim he was, like, in acres of space. I mean, the Denver Broncos shouldn't be putting up 14 points. And they've yes. been putting up about that much all season. But like. the Denver Broncos have Den- the Denver Broncos to blame as well because uh, they got Hackett in, probably expecting Rodgers. Uh, yeah. that, was their cr- that was their criteria for signing Nathaniel Hackett. And Russell Wilson didn't cost them 51 points. Let's be honest. No. Yes, the defense has been more or less elite the whole year. Um, they've not scored on offense, but this the whole team they've given up now. Um, yeah. Their O line um, got into it with their backup quarterback, who who seems seem to vouch for Rust, which in his position, fair play to him. But this team has given up, and the Broncos need a culture rebuild because something isn't right. Maybe they decide to take uh, whoever they get as a head coach. Maybe they just decide to to let Rust go. No, they who, can't. Is it they, they just signed him to they're a seven year extension with the got... ownership group? They've doubled down on, on him. Not only that, it's seven year extension. The amount of draft picks they gave up to get Russell Wilson, I think it was three first rounders. Like, it was a lot of capital to give up for him. You can't just say one and done, we'll move on from him. There's too much There's too much invested in him. So that means and, that a new head coach will have to like Russ. Yeah. And yeah. how do you change your culture when you've got Russ in that building? Because it, it looks like the culture division is Russ versus the rest. It's, um, it, seems like, it seems like Russell Wilson is a problem. However, he still is an elite. Like he was once an elite quarterback who's who's in the talk of being in MVP candidates and all of this. Yeah. So, it, like he needs to run the Seattle offense. Like it's clear that the let Russ Cook offense hasn't worked. Uh, no. But he needs he needs to go back to play action. The the friendly scheme that helped him in Seattle, where he's not yeah. the guy. Uh, but also, um, but this was a play action system. Yes, but look at their receivers. They're not. World beaters at this point not, in their career. Not even that. Look, they look didn't even have that in back. Seattle, though. Look at their running back situation. At Oof. Point. No, no. It, don't, don't get me started. Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. They were solid, solid receivers compared to and what you have right now. They're solid. No. In, they no, are solid I, in Denver. Colin Sutton, Jerry sorry. Judy, Greg Dolchich, Albert O. They're uh, Javante. These are solid players. These yeah, are no, solid like, plays. Like, you can't say you lose, have you're losing me players. now, Sham, with some of these. But Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, the, at the top end of that, are both quality wide receivers no. in the NFL. No, yes. they are. Cortland Qu- Sutton um, isn't the number also, one. They're also, not averaging 14, 15 points. With Jerry it. Judy hasn't lived up to his draft billing. But also, let's not be let's be fair here. In Seattle, they had a good run game most of the time that Russell Wilson was there. They had good running backs. This year, the Denver Broncos have gone through injury to injury to fumbling to injury. They're currently running out with Latavius Murray, a guy that about 14s thought was done. Who's looking good, by the way, during this 
a spell as a star. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's easy to look good when teams are not respecting you at all. And if yeah. you, if your slogan was "Let Russ Cook," also look yourself in the mirror because you have some self-evaluation and self-scouting yeah. to do. Is that because, is that aimed at Tay and me? Yes, you two are part of the part of the reason. Don't you, don't you start with me? Don't you hey, start with me? Let... The, ru- the rumors are though, like uh, Sean Payton would wouldn't want that role because it's tied no. with Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio was the head coach of Denver. Yeah. The the rumors are obviously they interviewed Dan Quinn last year, and he could bring in Brian Schottenheimer with him, who he was Russell's most um, productive play caller in Seattle two years ago. Well, I know he was move... with the Jags last year as a passing game coordinator. Let's move on and talk about another matchup this week. Um, Philadelphia Eagles had their backup Gardner Minshew playing for them against Dallas Cowboys. They did lose the game. 34 to 40. Does this give you any reservations about the Philadelphia Eagles going forward? Or are you still confident that, you know, this was just a blip of the fact that they didn't have Jalen Hurts running the show for them? Reservations? Like, this has made me even more confident in the Eagles. Uh, This Gardner Minshew-led team played the Cowboys really close. They arguably should have won. They had a fumble late on. Um, And the Cowboys at full power had no answer for this Eagles roster. Uh, Michael Parsons doesn't know what he's on about. This is, this, um, <laughs> it, clearly with Jalen Hurts, this team would have like embarrassed the Cowboys. And, yeah, you think? Yeah, um, Jalen Hurts might be out, miss their next game, but he yeah. should be back for the season finale, which they won't need him for. They, they might need it to secure the number one seed, uh, which yeah. will be important. But I, I, I love this Eagles team and with Jalen Hurts, which, at the start of this year, can you believe it that Nick Sirianni wouldn't name him the starter, that this was a, a quarterback competition, uh, which is baffling. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to lead this team far into the playoffs. That is outrageous to me, because I'm, I'm in your boat as well. I, I agree that this Eagles team, this doesn't shake any confidence to me that this is one of the best teams in football. Like, they, they are better than what they say. Because um, realistically, this Cowboys team should have, put a, a spanker in on them especially with a defense like which is meant to be one of the better defenses in the league or so it said but they allowed a backup golden entry to put a 34 points against them and throw quite easily uh, from what i can see against them like it, it wasn't a good performance by them i uh, i do have to say though cd lamb he started to look in the last few weeks he started to look more like the guy that we thought he was going to look like at the start of the year How still not I? sold on him no, I'm, like don't get me wrong. He's still not. I'm st- he's still not taking my lunch money, but uh, you know he's he's more of a guy that you'd be happy about going forward. Like you, you think oh, he might show a little bit more potential next year, sort of. He might make that next step up. Um, interestingly, T. Y. Hilton got involved. I like that. Oh yeah, the one catch for fifty-two yards. One an important <laughs> play, an important play in the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I'm a, I agree with Chan. This makes the Eagles look even better because. With their backups, they're able to destroy this Cowboys defense that give themselves a lot, a lot of hype, but with little substance right now. Yeah, their their uh, backup corners don't fill anyone with confidence, including their own team. Um, they're just not ready enough to compete. The good thing for the Cowboys in this is, okay, Tony Pollard was shut down to two yards per carry. Uh, Zeke Elliott was shut down, yet they were able to throw. They were able to play well against this Eagles pass rush that is really good. I mean, they can take away that, but obviously Dak Prescott carries on his string of interception games. But he played well. He played really well. 
The Eagles, I think, will be okay. They just need to make sure they win. And that's where a slight concern is that they'll probably want to rest Hurts throughout this period with his shoulder injury. But they, they have to win to... one of the next games. Yeah, their best thing to do, though, surely, is to get that number one seed. Because yeah. then they can rest him in the wildcard games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, I don't know. I'd rather rest him against the Saints and see what if the Cowboys falter. Nah. Nah, you don't, he doesn't need to play against Saints. Like, they don't need him. No, I agree. They don't need him. They still should be the Saints. Right, all right, let's move on. Uh, I'm trying to get quick fire through all these games. Uh, well, at least all the interesting games. Uh, next one being Shamel's team. Um, because we need to talk about this Jaguars team who are now currently first place in the AFC South. Who would have thought it? Not me. I mean, I did say at the start of the year, seven wins. I did say it. <laughs> and, and you also picked the Jets to beat the hey, Jags as well. That's a continuing Yeah, you also picked the Jets to win. I'm not going to pick for the Jags. You know, I just can't now. It's a superstitious thing to well, do. I, but this game showed is... play-calling abilities matter. Yeah. How you call a game, the rhythm of uh, a scheme. And you talk about the Cowboys previously about, you know, how, there's no rhythm to some of their play-calling. The Jets team have no rhythm. Like, Zach Wilson looked lost. His bench now uh, for Mike White. He got benched in this game for Chris Straveler, who couldn't throw but could run. Um, Lawrence is looking like a superstar, and a lot of it is also what, to do with Doug Pedersen. Well, what, what this what this showed me is Zach Wilson should never be allowed near a football field again. Like once again, he he's shown his inability to manage an offense, which at times this so far this season has looked really talented. And it's just every time that you put Zach Wilson under center, he sort of just brings the whole ability of that offense down. It's just really poor. This Jaguars team has surprised me a little bit, though. Like, you know, like you say, like Trevor Lawrence is starting to look better now. He and Doug Pederson is a big part of that. You know, he he's won a he's won a Super Bowl. That he's got some caliber behind him. It was a really smart hire. We talked about it in the off season. We'll talk about it now. It's Doug Pederson's a really smart hire for this Jaguars team. Where he's brought some stability with him. The team sort of knows what direction they're going in now. Like they sort of feel, I feel like they have a building platform to move on to next year, and potentially they're in the playoffs again if they carry on this this run of form. Yeah, in in this in this terrible division, which might be the worst in the NFL, uh, aside from the NFC South. Yeah, um, uh, we'll, we'll, my my division will take that claim. Don't, don't yeah. try and steal that from us. Um, but in this division, the Jags might be the favourite against the Titans coming into the final week of the NFL season because Week Seventeen is going to be meaningless for both. And the Titans might rest their players. Derek Henry's a bit banged up. Uh, the Jags will have an important decision. And I know usually NFL teams go with, you know, keep momentum. But, I mean, I, I can blame Pedersen if he decides to rest his starters because at this point in the season, players must be hurting. I mean, mm. but the Jags could still get a wild card spot if they lose the final game, if certain things fall right, especially with Tua's injury. The Dolphins have to lose out. And the Jags are in the playoff uh, uh, wild card consideration. So they're like because of that, I think they'll play. But I know you guys spoke about when Jacksonville hired Doug Pedersen. You guys weren't always sold on it, and because of Leftwich being there and how the Jacks fumbled that with Trent Volke, it's looking like a kind of it's worked out in their favor. Mm, uh, no, I, I I like the Pedersen hire. I I didn't like Volke being there. I like the idea of getting Adrian Wilson in, and Leftwich could have been exciting. But as a head coach. 
Pedersen is proven. I just think it mm. might just be a matter of time for Bulky. Um, he, he was clearly clamoring for his job, getting all these players in. Some of them have worked despite the overpay. But I, I don't trust Bulky there long term. And Evan Ingram, 200-yard games in a row. He was utilised to a T. Like, Pedersen works with his Titans really well. He came back to New York, had another 100-yard game. He never had these games with the Giants because they didn't know how to use him. The Jags handled the weather really well. Short pass game, just run after use your let your talents work. But yeah, uh, Zach Wilson is out. He's got to be out in uh, New York. He's, he, he's he done. Should, he's he should done. want and, to get out. Well, the report as well is Salah's like done with him this year, so it looks like the Jets will be moving on, despite what they're saying in the media. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, their OC deserves a lot of blame as well. It's not developed. A young quarterback no. with a lot of traits. But that, that's all. what the that's what the media is saying. It's the media saying that Zach Wilson's out. And yeah, Salas Salas like said that. Well, who who's going to get him? Is it going to be the Colts, Commanders, or Panthers <laughs> next year? Or the Saints? You can have the Saints. Or the Saints. <laughs> or the Saints. Yeah, uh, def- definitely. It smells like a, a Panther sort of uh, pick up there. But now that Matt Rule's left, I I don't know. Um. All right, let's move on and talk about your team, Channel. I know you probably don't want to, Oof. but. The interesting thing for me is the team on the other side of that result, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 19, Arizona Cardinals, 16. I know we bring up the Buccaneers quite a lot for a team that are actually really <laughs> inspiring. However, I, I just, because it's Tom Brady, I feel like it's always worth mentioning just how uninspiring they are. Yeah, they like, they squeak by and, and AZ had a chance to win that, even in overtime, with Trace McSorley. Um, somehow carrying this team to I say carrying it was it, no, neither team wanted to win, um, but he was he, he was basically doing a read option every single play. Greg Dortch was his favorite receiver. DeAndre Hopkins had what five five yards on nine or ten uh, targets, which is insane. Um, but somehow this Tampa Bay team still couldn't find an answer. Yeah. Oh my goodness. He had ten targets, one reception. That's actually outrageous. He's, he's, the ninth, yards. he's the ninth receiver in NFL history to manage such a feat. Um, <laughs> that's actually outrageous. I, I didn't yeah. know that was like an actual stat, but that's actually outrageous. You know what the funny thing is? This game had DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, and Julio Jones. Absolute legends of the game if you follow the NFL for the last 10 years. And they combined for... Two catches and nine yards. And it was Greg Dortch who, who toasted them all. He toasted yeah. them all, yeah. Oh my. And that, like, these two teams have a lot of issues, uh, a lot deeper than just one player. But Tampa well, Bay... The, well, the Buccaneers are the interesting team here, right? Because they're obviously the team that are potentially still going to go to the, the well, playoffs. are they, though? Because they're playing the Panthers in a basically a decider, I think, this week. Um... If the if the Panthers win out now, they're in the playoffs and they're playing each other. Uh, the Panthers have got um, the Buccaneers and the Saints, so it is going to be going down to the wire because the Buccaneers obviously play the Panthers and the Falcons. This is yeah. the game. This is the decider. It is an important game for them, um, and the reason why I think this is just interesting is that it's so disappointing that this potentially is Tom Brady's last hurrah. Like it's so disappointing that this is this is it for him because he like, ain't going. All the time. He ain't going. Well, well, I'm not. I mean, he's funny, going right? to another team, but he ain't going yeah, to the NFL. Like I know, I know you've t- had this conversation at, like two weeks ago or whatever. But like my my 
my thoughts on the matter is basically you see this body of work that he's presented to you over this this season. Who is going to think, yes, that's the guy that we can still do something with? I know he's a legend of the game, but there has to be a point where you think, yeah, I have to hang up the cleats. Like, it, you know, it, it, as much as you want to say that it's the, the offensive line that's an issue, which we did say, or like there's other issues like running game and stuff, you also got to look on the fact that your quarterback has the inability to move anywhere in the pocket. He can't avoid pressure. He can't move. He is smarter than a lot of the guys on the pitch, so that gives him a leg up, but it's not enough as this is showing, because scoring just 19 points and squeaking past the Arizona Cardinals that are on an absolute downward spiral with a head coach that's talking about actually just leaving the team <laughs> and not getting fired. He's talking about he just wants to step away because of the <laughs> the, the horrible nature of that job there. Like, you know, yeah, th- this this kind of seems might actually be the the worst in the NFL. Maybe I, I think Houston would give them a run for their money, um, especially with with Houston beating Tennessee this week. Um, but yeah, uh, Tampa Bay, we're still going to say it. We we still don't want we don't fancy a team to any playoff team to to beat them in the playoffs. They'll still have a chance because they have Brady. Uh, but yeah, it's not looking pretty. Hey, can we give a prop to another forty year old guy in this game? Andy Lee, the punter, completed a pass, converted that fourth down. Fair play, Andy Lee. I mean, what a quarterback play. Best quarterback in the game. On that note, let's move ourselves on. Do you guys want to pick a game and then we'll we'll go to our qualified players? Uh, Giants and Minnesota. Cool. Um, Obviously, Minnesota, uh, they squeak past. The Giants? Uh, yeah, well, the Giants, uh, another close game. Minnesota Vikings, another close game. And the Giants have lost their magic at the start of the year because they, they were winning these games out. Um, Minnesota, well, last second field goal. Well, this is, this is typical Minnesota at this point. Like, I'm, I'm not surprised it's a last second field goal for Minnesota to win this game not and to win it in that manner because that's just who Minnesota are. That's what they've done all season. But you're right. The Giants team aren't the same team as they were at the start of the year. And that's because a lot of the guys, a lot of the teams facing them know what they're able to do, which is they can run Saquon Barkley. Their receivers are really uninspiring. Uh, Daniel Jones, you know, everyone's got an opinion on Daniel Jones as a quarterback. However, the receiving core, although, you know, stat line looks pretty good this game, that are pretty inspiring. And I think that they are... Their record does not reflect their ability this season. Yeah, I think Daniel Jones is actually playing well, considering how many receivers he's had. No one's saying it's the this is the future of what? the franchise. What? I agree. I he's agree. not playing bad, like considering Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins are his top. Don't don't be blaming his receivers now. Like the man, it's not. There's no blame on his receivers. They are who they are. But at the end of the day, you've got to you've got to say. The receivers are part of the problem, like in the sense that he hasn't got a, a true number one receiver there. He's had number ones um, previously, Who? and he's not done anything with them. Name one. Name one. Oh, uh, uh, well, he's had. Uh, okay, maybe not. He's not one. <laughs> but, she, but, she, but Shepherd, before he gets injured every year, he is a number one. Um, they've had Darius Slayton who steps in. They had Wondell Robinson pre, uh, for a brief period of time. The, but, the, these guys you're naming are not number one receivers. But they're also, not, yeah, the, the you're exactly saying when they've had them. This is it. The quarterback hasn't had the consistency. When he, when he has those guys, the man does nothing. Okay, let, let's, <laughs> let's focus on the Vikings because 
They're a 12 and 3 team. Basically, mm-hmm. they've won all their one possession games this year, which they didn't do last year. They've had a lot of rubber the green, uh, but TJ Hawkinson trade is working out really well for them. 13 catches for 109 yards and that, two touchdowns. Have a day with Justin Jefferson. That Hawkinson, that Hawkinson trade has been one of the best trades for me this whole year. It's worked because out for both had... of them. No, it it's not. It's not them. worked out because the Lions could end up regretting this in the playoffs. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't think it's worked out for the Lions at all because you've got rid of arguably one of the best tight ends in the league. However... To a divisional he, rival. Yeah, to a divisional rival. He's shown that this is a, like a wrinkle in the Vikings play, like in the Vikings offense, which was never exploited before because TK Hawkinson is better than who they had previously, which was Carl Rudolph. And then they moved on to Irv Smith. These guys haven't been able to fill that tight end role as well as Hawkinson does fill them. And Kirk Cousins is taking advantage of that. He's taken advantage of it. He's got an elite number one receiver in Justin Jefferson outside. KJ Osborne, uh, who had a really nice week the week before, is all happening. KJ Osborne, to me, is an extremely talented number two. One of the best slot receivers. Yeah. A powerful, gets on the jump balls, goes deep, does a lot of everything. Um, probably the most underrated receiver right now. But like, let's, let's not take away that this game was the TJ Hawkinson show. Like, the man got 13 catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, Justin Jefferson still had a show as well. Yeah, but Justin Jefferson does that week in, week out. Like, you (laughs) know, he's got enough props. (laughs) Like, yeah, this isn't about him. Outside of Jefferson and Hawk, this Vikings team, uh, they would be out of the playoffs if they didn't have those two plays. Even even without without Hawkinson, if they didn't have Jefferson, they would not be in the playoffs. Oh, no, without Jefferson, they wouldn't even be in. Yeah. Like, Jefferson. Arguably, the only player I can think in recent history that could be, who or should be potentially up for an MVP. I hate to admit it because I feel like Calvin Johnson um, <laughs> is is the goat, but Justin Jefferson. I I came into season thinking that Devontae Adams is the best receiver. I still maintain he might be if he had a better quarterback, but really you can't take anything away from uh, Jefferson. He deserves the MP- MVP. Yeah, he yeah. did, especially this season when there's been a lot of injuries. Callbacks haven't probably reached the heights of last year or year before, whatever. But and maybe we're just used to Patrick Mahomes dominating. But Jefferson has to win it, in my opinion. And yeah, you're right, Sean, about Calvin Johnson. The rules have changed. It's helped receivers more now. But the talent of uh, Justin Jefferson is undeniable. And he needs two hundred and I think three or something like that yards to break Calvin Johnson's record. Um, if he does it in the next game, it'll it'll leave all the critics with nothing to say because it's done yeah, in sixteen. The new sixteen games, yeah. But regardless, he's going to do it in seventeen. Uh, uh, seventeen games, I think all of us. Yeah, have which no is more than Calvin that. Johnson in terms of games. But that's yeah for those that is who are newer to the NFL. All right. Uh, on that note, let's move on and do our qualified players, um, and then we'll end the podcast there. I will go first and give some props to a guy that at the start of the year. People, he, he wasn't in the team. Uh, he was told, you know, you're not good enough here. There's a lot of issues between him and the head coach. However, he came in on Christmas Day, had his turkey and had a nice day. Cam Akers, 23 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns. And he so, you know, added a couple of catches in there too. Great game for him. You're pulling a face on me, Sham. I mean, that was just more a audio than anything else. Oh. 
Um, uh, your audio has been terrible all day long, but we yeah, kind of get the about... gist of it. Well, our listeners get the gist of it. Well, that that face was it was probably the face that uh, McVeigh also pulled when Cam Akers uh, <laughs> pulled, I pulled can, I can only I can only apologise. I'm in I'm in the, um, the depths of Essex without any Wi-Fi, so I'm using wireless from my phone to try and like you know have a, a video with you guys as well as try and record the podcast. It's not it's not going well. However, yeah, Cam Akers is my my pick. Sean? Uh, okay, th- thanks for setting me up for for some hate here. But um, I'm going next. Uh, I'm going with my guy. You can hate all you want. Um, you guys are, are going to bandwagon off for every media pundit there is. But I'm going with Tua Tungavailoa. Don't be ridiculous. The man had them leading the Green Bay Packers convincingly. The NFL conspired. The Dolphins conspired against him. They put him in the game with the concussion. Any, any legitimacy that our podcast had has just gone out the window. How can you give a qualified comment. player a week to a guy who completed 16 or 25, 310 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions? Because when he wasn't concussed, he was leading a that, convincing uh, playoff bath no, for the Dolphins. This is an half-time uh, player of the week award. This isn't a half-time no, this is, player. This is, you, this, you is a, this is a player of the week award. It's, yeah, this you, is it. You is lost, it. You, the you man can only do so much against these officials who should have pulled him from the game. Well, they didn't. And he lost and he threw three picks. He didn't That's lose. What Matt, and that the world, the NFL it's... world <laughs> lost on that day. All right, all right. Move on. Move on with ourselves. Shama, who you got? Well, it's got to be one guy and one guy only. Well, I could have... It doesn't necessarily have to I be. I mean, it really does. <laughs> I'm going to Carolina. <laughs> And I'm picking the uh, the running game, and it's going to be Dontar Foreman for me. It could have been Chuba Hubbard, but I'll give it to Foreman, who led the team with 165 yards against this Detroit Lions team that came crashing back to earth. Uh, yeah, 21 we, did, carries. We, did, we didn't even speak about this Lions team, but sorry, I just jumped in. We didn't speak about this Lions team, but what a poor performance by them. Maybe yeah. if they had TJ Hawkinson, it would have been different. But, like... <laughs> The Panthers just said, you know what? We're going to run on you. We're going to run on you every single place on the field. We're going to go straight at you. We're going to go around the edge. We're going to do Foreman, Hubbard. Let's see if you can stop us. We're going to run the same play. See if you can stop us. And they couldn't. And both of them just went off over 125 yards each. Yeah. No, I, I, I genuinely think that Carolina might have something with these running backs. However, they need to start putting more stuff together. But anyway. Steve Wilkes. Head coach, make it happen. And on that bombshell, we'll leave it there. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back later in the week to talk to you about more NFL. But until that time, see ya. Peace.